Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to rate and review the show. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, it's Thanksgiving week and we got all 32 NFL teams in action for week 12. Plus, the NBA offseason has been a blur as there has been so much movement throughout the league now that free agency has opened. We'll cover all of the big moves as some teams have revamped and reloaded. All this and more on episode 170 of the Sports Kingdom show as Tyler and I kick it old school, just the two of us, coming up right now. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 170 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Unfortunately, our co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez, isn't here, but joining me as always, the one and only Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. Tyler, what's up, big guy? Happy almost Thanksgiving, brother. Hey, man, it's a special day. It's a special day. I didn't I did tell you before the, the pod started, so it's I don't know, but uh, I, I I got my second nephew today. Oh, it happened uh, today? Baby bro- it happened today. So, baby brother had a kid this morning. Let's go. At 7.07, and uh, his name's Era. Era, so I love it. New, it's a new era. I love it. It's a new era. Well, congratulations to Nico and his other half. I hope that baby Era and mom are healthy and happy and wishing nothing but the best to to all of them up in Washington. Congratulations to you, Tyler. Congratulations to your parents. That's awesome, man. Appreciate it. I pr- appreciate it, man. It was uh it was hard not being there, um, you know, but it, it's it's still just a good day, you know. No, man. That's that's awesome. Well, I can't I can't think of a better way to start the holiday season than with a new addition to the family, huh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of what you think about when you think of Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, so I was we were talking about it before the show. I was kind of giving you a, a little heads up just to get your bra- brain flowing a little bit. But I was I was going to ask you like what's one thing that you know where it's like it's it's Thanksgiving like is it a specific dish is it football all day like what truly makes it Thanksgiving for you and I I guess the answer this year is family yeah well you know see I'm not a big holiday guy and uh but Thanksgiving is probably my favorite and so you know family and friends friends are definitely right there as well you know I spend um I spent the last decade with my friends for the most part not with family um so friends and family are definitely you know what you think of, but I got, I, I, I got to say my funny thing, I guess how I know it's Thanksgiving is 
I'm falling asleep on the couch to Chris Collinsworth's voice. <laughs> that's how I. That's how I truly know it's Thanksgiving Thursday. Is I have got a belly full of food on a couch, falling asleep to to the uh, to the monotone voice of Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> well, I guess for me, it's going to be uh, it's walking into the kitchen and my dad with all of the baking and cooking that he has done all of the smells in the kitchen uh the turkey the pumpkin pie i mean i guess it's just the whole aroma of thanksgiving that's that's really what it is and and really i mean there's nothing better than thanksgiving food no man it's tough to be you guys do turkey you guys do the traditional spread yeah yeah, turkey stuffing mashed potatoes green beans pumpkin pie my dad my dad will usually make a pumpkin pie and an apple pie so yeah, we got apple it all. pie is my favorite. Yeah, well, no. them Washington apples. Oh yeah, especially those. But all right, let's. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight, aside from Thanksgiving. But before we get into NBA free agency, this next segment of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at eight one eight four five one eight five three nine. Or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 0206831. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Four seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. So we we have to get this out of the way first before getting to free agency. Uh, Big news, probably about an hour, hour and a half before the NBA draft happened last Wednesday night. Clay Thompson went down with an injury to his lower leg and it was feared to be severe. And then the next day, all of our worst fears were confirmed. He tore his Achilles in his right leg. I believe he tore his ACL in the finals against Toronto in 2019 in his left leg. So the injuries are not on the same legs, but sometimes you see this happen where you weren't using one leg and so the other leg starts compensating and that's when injury can occur and so that it's, i mean it's, it's, i think it's more likely to happen than not actually like yeah and i mean we're we're no doctors here but i mean we're both athletes we've uh, to high school level and to certainly pass that i think with tyler not me but i mean we've we've dealt with injuries and we know that uh your body compensates when you're injured so it's definitely i think that's the scenario uh we're seeing yeah. with clay thompson so it's it's unfortunate to see we we were really looking forward to seeing him back in the nba after a year off uh with the acl injury and recovering from that and i think what really was striking about the news of clay thompson going down was the outpouring support 
from other NBA players. I think Klay Thompson is one of the most universally liked players both on and off the court because, I mean, how can you hate on his game on the court and then he's just a really great guy off the court? So, I mean, Tyler, yeah, your, your thoughts a, he, on Clay? He is, he is such an enigma of a, of a superstar. He's just so – every he, you know, he doesn't check any of the superstar boxes. He checks all these weird ones. You know, he's not – a super vocal, loud person, but he's, he, you know, you see, when you see Clay and you hear people talk about him, it's, he's funny. He's kind of sneaky. He's kind of quiet about it. You know what I mean? That's, and, and then it's like, he plays off the ball. Everyone considers him like the greatest role player ever. He's just like this, just this weird enigma. And uh, I think he's one of the most admired players in the NBA. And it's, it's pretty crazy coming from a team that was so dominant. Typically dynasties are not full of, people you love you know it's they're they're the ones you hate you yeah know? they're usually the villains uh, in the league it's brady it's brady in the patriots it's jeter jeter in the yankees lebron in the heels you know, yeah and probably kobe and probably manga and pal you know it's, well, manga kobe and Shaq. And Shaq, it's, yeah. It, yeah and so you know it's not easy to be one of those guys and just be universally loved but players love them fans love them um yeah it's just it's just so shitty um what my when it when i saw the news i said hey man if i had a genie one of my three wishes would be to just terminate uh athletic injuries for for all of time no oh. more injuries ever because they're just the worst thing yeah i mean if i could give my achilles to clay thompson that right now it's would, just yeah. to see him play one yeah. game of basketball yeah no i would i mean it's, it's he yeah he doesn't deserve it no athletes deserve it um, and it just sucks. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just heartbreaking news for the league. Yeah, so that happened literally probably about an hour and a half before the draft started, and the Warriors have the second overall pick in the draft, and everyone starts questioning, well, do the Warriors now take LaMelo Ball? Do they – what like, what do they do with the second overall pick now? Do they take James Wiseman? Do they take LaMelo Ball? What's going to happen? And I think – the draft ended up going chalk from what most people I think predicted with Anthony Edwards going to the Timberwolves, James Wiseman going to the Golden State Warriors, and then LaMelo Ball going to Charlotte at three. So, uh, Tyler, what did you think about how the draft turned out? Well, I think the most surprising thing of the draft is no trades happened at the top. Yeah, no trades trades happened at the top. They happened everywhere else. Yeah, so it came in the middle of the first round, the end of the first round, second round. Um, there was no trade to the top. So it was just, I'm so happy that Wiseman landed in Golden State. I've been saying it all year. Anytime we've covered any sort of like draft stuff or young people, it's or, or when the Warriors started playing bad, it was like, man, if they can get Wiseman and keep them. I just always thought they were going to trade the pick, you know? Yeah. So uh, I never knew if it, would, it was an actual possibility. It turns out it is. And I think I think all three teams got the best player they possibly could have. Yeah, like, I, I, think I agree with that. You know, like I think if Charlotte has number one, they still take LaMelo. If Minnesota – or if Golden State has number one, I think they take Wiseman. You know what I mean? I think yeah. the right player – you got an off-ball guard um, to pair with D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota. You got your big guy – your seven footer for for uh, Golden State uh, to to pair with the plethora of talent they still have, and then you've got basically a superstar potential a guy that can 
basically kind of be the pillar of your franchise in LaMelo with, with Charlotte. Um, they need it. You know, they do. I'll get into Charlotte later. I, I've, I, they they got to be, they've got to have one of the worst uh, off seasons this year. Yeah. I mean, they, they started off hot by drafting LaMelo ball and then their, their decisions in free agency. And, and after that, it's been kind of questionable. It's been horrible, but it's been horrible. Let's, uh, Oh, real quick, uh, Onyeko Okongwu from Ch- Chino Hills and USC, he was the sixth overall draft pick to Washington, yep. I believe, if I remember correctly. I don't I don't have the sheet in front of me. Hey, he, he's, he's in Atlanta. Or Atlanta, excuse me. Um, yep. uh, that was Den- – Yeah, Denny, the, the Israeli, went to Washington at nine. Um, yeah. But Okongwu, big O uh, – Obviously, now Chino Hills, three lottery picks in four years, two in one draft, two in the top uh, seven, top uh, three in the top ten. That's that's pretty awesome for Southern California basketball. Now, to Seattle basketball, uh, Jaden McDaniels got drafted by the Lakers at 28, uh, but that was for Oklahoma City because that was part of the Dennis Schroeder trade. Uh, then Oklahoma City turns around and flips that pick to Minnesota, so Jaden ends up in Minnesota, and then Tyler Malachi Flynn ended up in Toronto, and CJLB yep. ended up in Portland. Yeah, so real quick on those guys, Jaden McDaniels, uh, for people who don't know, this kid's a 6'9", 6'10", athlete. His brother um, plays for I the think, Charlotte Hornets, by the way. Yeah, but this is the better of the two. And, and I think that he's similar to like a Jonathan Isaac. If you've watched Jonathan Isaac play, that's kind of how he plays. So going to Minnesota is perfect because they've got guards. They've got a center. Um, they just need bodies at the forward position. So I think he's going to get a good opportunity there. And when he was in high school, he was actually like a top five mock draft guy. Oh, yeah. Um, they thought he might Ma- be a number one guy at yeah, one point. And then Malachi, Malachi Flynn uh, from Bellarmine Prep. Um, he got a great role as well going to an established fran- winning franchise like Toronto um, where people like Kyle Lowry has been an all-star for multiple years and Fred Van Vliet's uh, career took off. So he's now a backup guard. Um, and if he stays the course of what Toronto's done in, uh, in the past, Kyle Lowry will leave. Van Vliet will be the high-paid guy and Malachi Flynn will have a nice role-playing you know, gig for them. Yeah. So, all right. One last thing about the draft. Uh, I forgot to ask it when we were talking about the top three, but uh, looping it back in with Clay and the Warriors, I know you said you were happy that the Warriors drafted James Wiseman and you thought it was the right pick, but were you surprised they didn't panic and go with LaMelo Ball? Um, No, only because it's the Golden State Warriors. Now, there's a lot of these top ten franchises that I would think would panic, but – they have an established franchise. You know what I mean? They have, they have things going for them already. Um, they have superstars already. So uh, Wiseman, I, it just always made the most basketball sense. So it was, if you were going to have LaMelo ball, that's when I felt like there was a trade scenario. You know, um, if Wiseman was on your list as a high prospect, you got to draft him. If not, trade the pick. And, and it looks like, you know, I, I feel like they hit a home run with this. Wiseman's a freak. Yeah. All right. Let's move on now to free agency because, I mean, like the draft, there was a lot of movement uh, with trades and 
draft picks going everywhere. Free agency has been an absolute frenzy. And I guess we'll start at home here in Los Angeles with the Lakers. Uh, And since we last recorded, the Lakers have said goodbye to Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, Avery Bradley, and JaVale McGee. So Dwight Howard signed with the 76ers after prematurely announcing he was re-signing with the Lakers and then deleting his tweet. And there was some confusion about what happened. And Dwight ends up in Philadelphia. Rajon Rondo, he signed with Atlanta. So he is now going to be mentoring Trey Young uh, with the Hawks. Avery Bradley has signed with the Miami Heat. And then JaVale McGee, along with a second, uh, a future second-round pick, they have been traded to Cleveland after JaVale opted into his player option. So in response to all of that, uh, Jordan Bell and Alfonso McKinney were sent to Los Angeles from Cleveland. Uh, Bell has been waived by the Lakers. McKinney is still on the team, and he'll, he'll stay with the team and start the season there. But more importantly, the reason why the Lakers dealt JaVale McGee to Cleveland was to make enough cap space to sign veteran center and former Lakers draft pick and former defensive player of the year, Mark Gasol, and he's an NBA champion with the Toronto Raptors. So Mark Gasol is now a Los Angeles Laker, just like his brother Pau Gasol once was. Uh, The Lakers also agreed to contracts with Wesley Matthews Jr., formerly of the Milwaukee Bucks. Montrezl Harrell of the now Los Angeles Lakers, formerly of the Los Angeles Clippers. He is the reigning sixth man of the year. He's signed a a two-year deal with the Lakers with a player option after next season. And then the Lakers, very, very importantly, re-signed Contavious Caldwell-Pope to a three-year, $40 million deal. And they also re-signed Markeith Morris, who was a key role in – He was a key role player in this championship run last season. Anthony Davis still has yet to sign his new contract, but uh, by all reports and accounts, that will happen after Thanksgiving. So I'm not really worried about that. I think that now this team is better on paper than the team they had last year. And Tyler, we'll get into that in a second. But I think they're younger. Their bench is better. And I think that Rob Palinka and the front office did a great job of addressing the weaknesses that the Lakers had as certain players decided to sign elsewhere. So, Tyler, what are your thoughts on all of the additions and uh, thereby subtractions the Lakers have made uh, so far during free agency? Well, after well after the championship I, I i felt like this team was set up to win a three-peat and after now the best team i thought was set up to get a three-peat has had obviously the best offseason in basketball i think they had the best free agency um and then they made and then they made great moves in trade and it and and i guess one significant trade uh obviously they didn't have the draft picks they trade la the team to trade draft picks because they're never in the lottery uh well I guess it's never good to Relatively. be in the lottery. Yeah, they typically trade their picks. I guess they have been in the lottery the, the last bit, but 
um, we're back now, and, and they had the be- they, they've had the best free agency in all of basketball. I think Marcus Saul is a little gassed. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm excited to get Marcus Saul, but that's not he's not moving the needle as much as Montrez. Uh, I think Montrez is the number one get so far, and then I think Schroeder would be the second get, um, and then I would say Marcus Saul. Um, just because, you know, Mark's only going to be able to play so many minutes. I mean, we're not getting the defensive player of the year. He's a good defensive player. I don't know if he's if he's still got an outside touch. He has a decent outside he shot, touch. He but, shot 38.5% from three last year, and he's one of the best yeah, passing big men in the league. Which, which his passing and his size and his defense is always going to be there. Um, obviously, as he gets older, the minutes has got to go down. But I just feel like Mark, I guess, is just a little on the gas side. Um Whereas, like, I would be – I'm more stoked about Montrez and Dennis Schroeder because of the energy they bring yeah. and athleticism. Um, and then, you know, as far as, like, Wes Matthews, I think that that's similar to just – it's nothing really to me. I don't think that he's a he's necessarily a factor. He'll be lucky if he gets minutes. No, he's uh, going to he's going to play, dude. He's, he's shot 36% from three last year. He's 6'4", 220. He's, he's a solid – body to well, throw at opposing wings on the perimeter he, he's 34 years old and he played for the he played for the uh, milwaukee bucks last year right or, yes yeah i mean i mean it's like yeah he was a spot shooter for Giannis. he could be a spot shooter for lebron i i get it but i i i mean i just think a 34 year old wesley matthews is nothing i'm getting excited about when i still have you know I still would get Caruso those minutes before him. And obviously uh, KCP gets those minutes before him and Schroeder would get minutes before him in the back. So I guess, you know, you do need wing, wing three and D guys, but I don't necessarily know how effective he's going to be on defense at 34 years old. And, you know, at 38% three point shooting is not going to get you a ton of minutes for the Lakers. Okay. So here's, here's a stat that I saw on Twitter. Uh, Wes Matthews spent the most time of any player defending Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. He defended Butler on 125.5 partial possessions. In that time, Jimmy Butler scored 25 points. He was 6 of 15 from the field and had three turnovers. So, how many, how many plays? How many plays was it? It was 125. And he got three turnovers? Yeah. That's, I mean, but he only shot. He only shot fifteen shots. I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy's a Jimmy's a facilitator. He, I mean, he whooped up on Cat at practice with the third stringers. I mean, yeah, I, I get. I, I mean, that's that's not those stats aren't necessarily like a bad thing by by no. any means. But no, but I'm he's, basically thinking that like what? Okay, what like best case scenario? He's the tenth man. Well, I mean, no, he's not the. Yeah, he's, probably he's the, the tenth man, two. but he's replacing. He's, he's technically replacing Danny Green. I mean, I would, I, I would think like KCP would get the two minutes over Danny Green. Well, yeah, over, and this uh, road, uh, over I West mean, Matthews. Yeah, I would give him in. I would give KCP the minutes over West Matthews in this scenario. But I'm, I'm not. Yeah, saying, I mean, I'm, I got. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a cheap player too, so it's not like there's a exactly. bunch of damage. He signed for three point six million dollars compared to Danny Green was getting fifteen. It's just that in the laundry list of things that the Lakers did, he's probably at the very bottom. Yeah, probably. So, I mean, all right. Yeah. So, let's go from the bottom to the top because I really want to talk about Trez because I didn't even think he was going to be 
on the Lakers' oh, radar. Cool. I don't think the Lakers thought he was going to be on their radar either, but he's the type of player that you love to play with. He averaged 18.6 points per game last season, seven rebounds per game. He's great in the pick and roll and cut into the basket. I know there's questions about his defense, and he's had lapses on defense, but he's also never played alongside a big like Anthony Davis or Mark Gasol who will be able to guard bigger guys and cover up for the, some of those lapses. And listen, Frank Vogel's not going to put him in the same position that Doc Rivers did and make Montrezl Harrell guard Nikola Jokic. That's what the Lakers got Marcus Gasol for. So, yeah, Mon- Montre- yeah, Montrez and and Marcus Gasol are like the perfect combo because like you could you could put you could throw Gasol at the big guys, the crafty guys like the Embiid, the Jokic's. And then you've got an athletic guy that can play against Bam Adebayo's. You know what I mean? You have the best of both worlds, or you have a you have a very solid contributor at both roles. Montrezl Harrell, I think, is the crown jewel of the Lakers offseason. Oh this yeah, hundred percent, he's the crown jewel. I mean, the fact that they're going to be all the end games with Montrez Ant, and Braun out there. As, as a I don't know. Line, I don't just, know how much Trez and Braun play together. I think at the I think at the end of games, uh, Montrez is going to be playing center. You think they're going to go small and not have Mark out there? Yeah, just because I think Montrez is still a true center. Now, like I said, when they're playing, well, no, 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 Tyler, Anthony Davis is going to be at center if if Montrez Harrell's on the floor. We we all know that Anthony Davis is not going to play center. He hates it. He did in the playoffs. That's why they won the championship. yeah, well, we're talking about the regular season coming up. That's fair. I, I, I mean, I just, I would assume that Montrez would guard fives and and Ant would guard a four. But you know, they could obviously do it. I mean, both those guys, we're like nitpicking here. You yeah, know? no, they, we really they, are. They, 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 these guys can do both things. Montrez just brings energy and athleticism, and just kind of like, you, you know, he just brings brings an edge, and uh, I think he just makes them a better basketball team. He does all these selfless things. He's a good high pick and roll guy to compliment. Like when Ant's not on the floor, um, I mean, their big guy rotation is just stupid. Dude, him and it's Schroeder on the pick and roll is going to be nasty. Yeah. And that's, that's the second tier pick and roll, you know, that's mm-hmm. like the second that's against the number two. So um, they're, they're uh, Montrez and Schroeder both. I think why I'm so high on them with the Lakers is their energy just to kind of, you know, I mean, LeBron is is a stale old man. See, he, he's still the, he's still the goat, but like putting some, he always just has these veteran players, shooters around him. It's always the same kind of guys, and I think that like Schroeder and Montrez are different types of dudes than LeBron normally plays with. Outside of the IQ, I think the IQ is there, but it's going to be fun to watch these guys with these, this high energy and high high you know, competitiveness play. Like, they're going to make the Lake, you know, keep the Lakers rolling. Oh, dude. I mean, so, I mean, this is kind of my thinking on why I, I, I thought Wes Matthews and that signing was was pretty important. It's, I think, ultimately, what we're going to see and, and why I keep saying that he's replacing Danny Green, I think we're going to see a Lakers starting lineup of Wes Matthews, KCP, LeBron, AD, and Marcus All, And then you're going to have Trez, Schroeder, Kuzma, Caruso, and then probably another big that they're going to sign uh, for the vet minimum. I don't know, maybe Hassan Whiteside, who's still out there. That'd be pretty scary if they signed Hassan Whiteside at this this point in free agency. 
I think. Yeah, and they got Keith. They yeah, got and, Keith they, and they re-signed Keith, who's also uh, going to be it in that 10-man rotation. Be, yeah, he'll be the fourth or fifth big. So, I mean, um, that's, be, that's a you, scary you know, bench no, unit. They're gonna, there's, that's an insane bench unit. If, if, they, if they bring Schroeder, Kuzma, and Montrez, all three of those guys off the bench, those are three of the best bench players in the league. Um, oh, the Lakers are the deepest team but, in the NBA right now. And and you're going to see a ton of you're going to see a lot of change. There's going to be you know with the season coming up, there's going to be uh, you know kind of load management. Um, they're going to test out different lineups. I don't necessarily know if it'll be as rigid as it was last year. I think they try out um, some more you know try out some different things this year because of how versatile all their guys are. Well, and I, I mean, think I would one... like I would like to see Schroeder in the starting lineup. Yeah, that, um, but yeah, we'll probably see that they, sometimes. But but I also understand that when LeBron James goes off the floor, you need a we need a point guard. So right, and I think with, with the way the season is scheduled, with it being seventy two games, with it being so quickly after the NBA Finals, and and with it already being that players are saying that there's going to be load management next season, and that's just how it's going to go. I think that one of the weaknesses that the Lakers really addressed this off season compared to last season was the bench play. There were a lot of games where once the starters built up a lead, the bench would come in and the lead would dwindle away and the starters would have to come back in. One way I think the Lakers are going to load manage is going to be in-game load management where the starters build up a lead and having this capable of a bench unit, they'll be able to keep the lead and the starters won't have to come back in and LeBron and AD might play only 20, 25 minutes uh two or three nights in a row on a went random Tuesday, Wednesday, back to back with like Atlanta and Charlotte. You know, I feel worse. The, I just, I, the worst I feel about this entire roster is I just feel so bad for Kuzma. It's, Why? it's just tough, man. Well, when I break it down, it's just tough to get him on the floor. I think they're going to count on him for wing defense. And if he's playing well on defense, they'll reward him with the ball on offense and he's going to have yeah. to just find his own rhythm when he when he's on the floor. He's just going to have to it's maximize the, the minutes he's on the floor, and that's that's really what he's had to do his it's entire he's career. In a tough, he's in a tough he's in a tough situation, and it's definitely just like it's really hard for him to blossom and be like good. You know, he basically can only you know be good enough. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to show greatness. It's just. Not a ton of not a ton of minute opportunities. Not a lot of minutes where he gets to play the four. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that can you know score. So handle the rock. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish Kuzma had a better opportunity. I feel like he's good. I you know I I like Kuzma. I don't want him to be on a different team, but he's definitely their best trade um, stock. I have one question, Tyler. What? Would you be upset if you were winning championships as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers? Would I be upset? No, but I think I'm not, Kuzma's going to be I, okay. I, I think Kuzma is fine, but uh, you know, as as uh, as his basketball team goes, it's just like man. I mean, he's like the third at his position, so it's tough. I I, I mean, I resort back to the and, same question: You're winning championships no, as a Laker. No, like, what could be better? It's cool. No, I mean you could you could be you could be helping another team win championships as a as a starter. You know what I mean? Like that's how it could be better. I'm not saying he, if he goes somewhere they're winning the chip, but 
that's how I mean there is some there is some individual desire in every athlete. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Now, I mean, he he may love his role, I, and I, I'm not trying to speak for him, but I just when I look at this roster, I feel bad for Kuzma. He's the one guy on this team that, if you wanted to get minutes, it would be the hardest to get that guy minutes. I think I think they'll be able to find a way to play. Like, because I'm assuming good, you would go. I'm assuming you're going AD. I'm assuming you're going AD, Trez, and Kuz, right? Well, I mean, even in the sense that, like, even LeBron's basically a four. Oh, yeah, I know LeBron too, yeah. Every, I know, like, LeBron and Kuz are, like, you know, the same body. You know, yeah. obviously LeBron's got some weight on him, but, like, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, forward. Um, you know, and Davis is a taller, more athletic version of that. Montrez is the same same body just you know a more physical uh post player rather than like a perimeter player it's just tough i mean he's definitely going to get minutes but like i would love to be able to give Kuz 20 minutes a game uh, i think he'll get 20 like, minutes man, a game what, where do you cut the minutes you know I, I i think he'll manage 20 i i think vogel will will be able to figure it out i mean with with the way he, yeah. he divvied up minutes last year i think it'll it'll be able to work out but yeah, like if Tre- if Trez was the backup center and Kuzma played the four, like that'd be, or, or like if it was like you know Keith Kuzma and Montrez. Yeah, I like think you could play line, all three of those know? guys together. Like that's a good situation for him because he's more of a stretch four in that scenario. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah. want to stick. I don't want to act like I'm trashing Kuz. He's a good player. <laughs> I just wish you get more minutes. Yeah, no, I th- I mean I think it'll I think it'll all work out. I mean. Frank Frank Vogel, with what I saw from him, with the adjustments he made with the roster as the season progressed and in the playoffs, it's I'm v- I'm very much looking forward to seeing his his lineups and roster adjustments with what the Lakers have done, and they they're still not done. I believe they still have three more open roster spots left, and so I mean, listen, Rob Palenka wanted his damn respect, like LeBron said in the in the trophy acceptance speech. And he better fucking get it because he crushed it with this offseason so far in free agency. It's just always the, you know, people are always going to hesitate to give the Laker credit, you know? Yeah, they hate us because they ain't us. It's 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 tough. I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to win because, you know, the people arguing that it's the easiest to recruit to are right, but they also have to do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, you know, it just doesn't get done for you because you're in LA. You still have to go out there and do it. Like, look at the Knicks. Um, yeah. There, there can be a bad big market team, you know, but it would be nice to be the GM of the Lakers. <laughs> it's a, it's a fun job, I bet. But all right. Well, it's in the free in the free agency world. It's a, it's a fun job. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about some other moves. Uh, we talked last week about all the moves that Milwaukee was making to try and entice. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo to sign that max extension, which he still has yet to do as of this recording. So uh, we're still waiting on Giannis and his decision. But one of the moves that the Bucks tried to make was trading for Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was supposed to become a free agent, uh, restricted free agent from the Sacramento Kings. And that trade is officially off. It's now being investigated by the league for potential tampering. And is uh, so... Bogdan Bogdanovich is not going to the Bucks. He had a offer submitted by the Atlanta Hawks 
the Kings did not match it, so he is signing with Atlanta for four years, $72 million. And then the other move, the other move that Milwaukee made last week that we talked about was Drew Holiday and trading for him, the point guard from the New Orleans Pelicans. That deal has turned into a four-team deal where Milwaukee landed Holiday and Sam Morell. Sam Morell is Mr. Irrelevant in this year's uh, NBA draft. He was the 60th overall pick in the draft. New Orleans, uh, they are receiving Steven Adams from Oklahoma City, who they agreed to a two-year contract extension worth $35 million with uh, once the deal was official. So Steven Adams is on a two-year deal with New Orleans now. New Orleans also got Eric Bledsoe, two unprotected first-round picks, and two future first-round pick swaps. OKC landed George Hill, Darius Miller, a 2023 protected first-round pick that belonged to Denver, and two future second-round picks from the Nuggets, and Denver ended up with the 24th pick in the 2020 NBA draft that belonged to Milwaukee, and that ended up being R.J. Hampton. So, Tyler, Milwaukee, no Bogdan Bogdanovich, Yes, Drew Holiday. Steven Adams is in New Orleans. What do we make of this deal? They're 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 like I said last episode, and that and and when I said last episode, it's like I wanted if I was a Bucks fan, I need to wake up and see Jan signs that extension. Um, it's if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm completely just like anxious as hell. I know. I feel like Giannis is leaving. You're, well, how does their front you, office mess this up so badly? That they're now being investigated for tampering because of the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal. He doesn't even yeah, end which, up as the know, Bucks. We, we, yeah, the Bogdan, the Bogdan thing was like botched for sure. I don't know what happened there. Who knows? They they might not have been tampering. They might have been tampering. Um, well, you we'll can't agree out. to a oh, sign-and-trade oh, before free agency. Yeah, so who knows who broke the story or what? I don't know. You know, I don't. We'll, we'll find out the details if they were, in fact, tampering. Um, but they don't got Bogdan. You know they don't got him. Uh, they their big move is getting Drew Holiday, and and they're supposed to like be a threat. I I don't even know if they're the best team in the East. So it it unfortunately it's looking like they're gonna they're Giannis is gonna have an MVP caliber season. They're gonna go to the playoffs. They're gonna lose at some point in time in the playoffs, <laughs> part of the divisional divisional round or the conference finals. They're not going to be in the NBA Finals. They're definitely not going to be NBA champs. And Giannis is going to walk. Uh, it's, I don't see it going I mean, any other way. I don't see it going any other way at this point. I thought Giannis was going to be a lifer. Um, you know, this is what you want when you're a small market team. You have to pay these guys uh, when you get these guys. And it's it's just it's not looking like it's going to work out unless they've got something up their sleeve where – I don't know. Like, I don't know what the, the salary restrictions are, but if they can do some Patrick Mahomes type shit where they throw like stupid money at them, I don't know what's the max, like if they can go over. I don't, I don't think they can. You know, I don't know. Whatever the max is, it's like they need to max it out with as many incentives or whatever possible dollars they can get. Um, throw ownership at them. I don't know. Like, you got to you gotta be desperate because, like, once Giannis walks away from those doors, it's like – you may not get another draft pick like that for 10, 20 years. Um, I mean, in all reality, the Bucks went since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar drafting someone like that. So that's 40, 
you know, 42 years or whatever. Yeah. It's so, like, you know, you got to, it's a desperation mode for Milwaukee right now. You're, you're completely fucked. You better hope that Giannis puts that team on his back and somehow beats the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, it's with what other teams like Philly and Boston did to revamp their squads. I don't see Milwaukee as the best team in the East anymore. No, and and you still got Brooklyn that's about to come and show what oh, the, you know. I completely forgot that. about Brooklyn. And then and then in my mind, I think Atlanta is the team that's poised to make the biggest jump and wins. They'll you know be like I mean? Dallas that, last year in the West. Yeah, they have the they they're the team that's primed to make a huge jump in the total amount of wins. Uh, you know, they have they have a plethora of talent on their rookie deals. I mean, they've got John Collins, Huterer. Trey Young, uh, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, and Alan Yeka. That's six good, young, talented basketball players on the rookie contracts. And they got Glenn Capella. And so that gives them the ability to throw money at people like Clint Capella, Rajon Rondo, Gallinari, and, and Bogdanovich. And, and now this team is, is, is deep and talented. And we can't forget um, about Miami so, either. So, and, and yeah, exactly. So now Milwaukee, like I said, it's like, yeah, they could go out and Giannis can have another MVP season that, and that can carry you to 55, 60 wins. But um, is anybody scared of these guys? You know? I, I wouldn't or, or, be. Or, I mean, I wouldn't be. Giannis, you know, has, Giannis but he's got two MVPs and a defensive player of the year and nothing to show for it. Yeah. I mean, he has those to show for it, I guess. I wouldn't say nothing. He's got well, two MVPs, but. He doesn't have what he wants. I mean, that, now is the next step. He's got the MVPs. He's got the defense. He's done all the ac- individual accolades. He's ready to win championships. And that's why I think he's going to judge this final season in Milwaukee based off of a ring or not. And I don't just I just don't see how they can win win it all this year. Yeah. Not with this, not with this roster. Yeah. So another move uh, that was made, the Warriors, obviously with Klay Thompson going down, they traded a conditional first round pick to 2020 or a conditional first round pick in 2021 and a second round pick in the same draft to Oklahoma city for Kelly Oubre jr. Who was traded to Oklahoma city as part of the CP three trade. Oubre's not going to replace clay at all, obviously because clay is a, a cornerstone piece of that warriors franchise, but the warriors had to do something, especially with being set in their ways and drafting Wiseman at number two overall so I mean Kelly Oubre I think it's going to be an interesting fit they also have Andrew Wiggins so I mean I got to assume that the starting lineup is going to be Wiseman Draymond Oubre Wiggins and Steph yeah that's I don't I mean I don't like that perimeter I, I don't like that perimeter at all you know but and then where's what's it, with their fun. bench they don't they don't really have any bench pieces See now, here's my. This is my one little diamond in the rough uh, for for the listeners. Uh, Brad Wanamaker. Oh yeah, leaving I Boston. Brad, I think that's a sneaky, productive pick. He's going to be the first first guard off the bench. He can score. He can do a little bit of everything. Just a good, solid basketball player. He's 31. He's a vet. Um, so I thought that that was a really sneaky uh, pickup. Nico Mannion. Uh, a really prolific high school player, a one and done kid. Uh, I think he's like 20 years old out of Arizona. He's a he's a point guard that 
Now he's probably more of a clipboard guy this year uh, with Steph Curry, but that's going to be a nice piece for them to mold. Uh, they've got Pascal coming back, who I think is going to be a really good bench player. Um, so like their bench is going to be, you know, like a Wanamaker and a Pascal, uh, you know, maybe like a Kevin Looney. That's like, you know, it's not the benches that we remember, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Well, but there's still, there's still a little bit of talent there. Um, the, the part I hate about their team is, is now they're starting, you know, basically they're starting like two small forwards yeah. with Ubre and Wiggins. I think Ubre is more of a three, four guy, less a two, three guy. And so if you're asking Wiggins to be like more of a two, three guy, like, I think that every single time people have tried to do that in its past, it just hasn't worked out very well. Yeah, and um, I, I don't see Golden State now as a as a threat for a top four seed in the West. I think they still make the playoffs because Steph, if, not, if Steph is hel- healthy. It's I 100 percent believe they'll make the playoffs, but I do, I I do agree that I don't think they're a top four team anymore. Um, now. Let's all bite our tongues when we talk about, about Steph Curry because he can make <laughs> everybody look stupid. Yeah. Uh, how many times has he been counted out in his career? Um, but, you know, if, if they go small at the end of the game and they have Wanamaker and Curry out there as their guard combo, that's not that bad. You know, that's not the worst thing. Also, you know, Damian Lee, he's like a young two guard. Um, he's like, I don't think he's you know, going to be anything special, but he's probably going to be in their rotation at two now because of clay. So this team's definitely limited in what they can do, but they do have some bright pieces still. So they're warriors are going to be a hard team to judge this year. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, now Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell signed their rookie max extensions, five years, 195 million. And then Deion, uh, Deandre De'Aaron Fox of the Sacramento Kings, Bam Adebayo of the Miami heat. Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans signed five-year, $163 million max extensions, and all three of those guys have incentives in their deals that would get them to that $195 million mark if they were to reach those incentives. So five uh, more uh, five more guys from that, uh, what was it, 2016 class? 2017. 2017 oh, wait, class. Wait, 26. No, you no, you're right. B. Yeah, B.I. was 16. Yeah, so that, B.I. was 16. Jason Tatum was 17. Yep. And then Pascal Siakam uh, also got that max extension. So that's six guys from that draft class. So that's pretty solid. Uh, I mean, all all five of these guys, and, Jason Tatum and Mark and Markel Markel Fultz and Lonzo didn't get him. Well, those are different saying. drafts. Well, uh, not well they, well. they were with Jason Tatum. Right? right, but Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell got them a year early. Oh, I I got you. I follow you. Yeah, I got you. So Lon, Lonzo can Lonzo and Kuzma are are due for theirs next year. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So yeah. So I mean, listen. Either way, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, all deserving of max contracts. Right. Agreed. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I mean. It's, Other it, than Brandon Ingram, he sucks, but that's well, just because go he's back, a dookie, So Everybody should go back to listen to episode 169 <laughs> where Tyler said 10 nice <laughs> things about Duke men's basketball. But, all right, I digress. But, 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 tonight, but tonight's not that night. No. Um, 
But no, so shout out to those five guys. Very well deserved. Bright, bright young talents. Bam Adebayo was in the finals. Jason Tatum has been to what is it? Three Eastern Conference finals. Uh now in four years. And Brandon Ingram won most improved. Donovan Mitchell was dropping 50 points in consecutive games in the playoffs this season in the bubble. De'Aaron Fox, one of the most exciting young point guards in the league. It just sucks that he plays for the Sacramento Kings. So that was kind of anticlimactic ending on De'Aaron Fox, but that's what you get when you play for the Kings. But and I'm confused. I'm confused with what the Kings are doing. Yeah. It's the Kings, man. The, the fact that they haven't shipped Buddy Heal, they give De'Aaron Fox this money, and they draft Tyrese Halliburton, who is another guard. It's a, and that's the reason well, why they were comfortable letting Bogdanovich walk was Halliburton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just Halliburton's like a, you know, he's like a guard. He's like a six-five kind of rangy, rangy guard. Yeah. He's not. I mean, he's a nice compliment to De'Aaron because De'Aaron's just a freak athlete. Yeah. All right, uh, the next deal, uh, we got to get through these quick, uh, these next few, because uh, we got to get to some football before we get out of here. But uh, the next one I wanted to talk about was Gordon Hayward signing a four-year, $120 million deal with the Charlotte Hornets after turning down his $34 million player option with the Boston Celtics. Charlotte offered Hayward a max deal when he was a restricted free agent the first time, but Utah matched the deal and so he stayed with Utah to then ultimately leave and go to Boston. But initially the reports were when he opted out of the deal with Boston was that he wanted to go home to Indiana. And then all of a sudden Charlotte swooped in and Michael Jordan gave him a call and was like, Hey, come play for me. So Charlotte has had a very interesting off season. And I know Tyler, you wanted to to talk about it. So uh, I'll give you the floor on that. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, the only reason I've been intrigued by it all is just because of their, uh, you know, they drafted LaMelo, big LaMelo fan, want him to succeed. But it's just obviously I think that the, the hands down the worst move of the entire offseason draft free agency or trades is giving Gordon Hayward all that money. Um, it's just it doesn't make sense. Like the, it, it cripples your cap moving forward, especially when you already got cr- cap crippling guys like, Rozier and uh, and Batum. Well, they got rid of it's, Batum, it's, so they got off of that money. But they also they do have Rozier he, and, and Zeller. Where would Batum go? Well, they waived him, so I think they only oh, had to I pay thought him. He, I thought it was a play, I thought it was player option. No, they just they straight up waived him. So I think instead of paying him, I think it was like twenty four million dollars. Instead of paying him that, they paid him I think like nine and then waived him. Oh, okay. All right, cool. All right, well, okay. I, I digress. Uh, the the Hayward move, I mean, just hurts you in so many different ways. He's not a game changer. He's a solid piece, but he's not a he's not a number one. He's not a number two. And he's barely a number three. Uh, he's a solid, productive basketball player, but you can't give that kind of money to a solid, productive basketball player. Uh, it's like what? So it's like your big two is Lamelo and Gordon Hayward. Like how many? You know, <laughs> this is going to be a this is going to be a really don't forget bad scary Terry. Team. Don't forget scary Terry. Well, and then what I was going to say is then, like, every other roster move, it's like now they're three best – I mean, yeah, Gordon Hayward is probably in their top three, but it's like arguably their three best players play point guard. It's like they got LaMelo, they got Terry Rozier, and they got Devontae Graham, who was arguably could have been most improved player last year, average 18 a game, and they really like him. And then 
their other two, like th- then their other two promising players, Miles Bridge, Miles Bridges and PJ Washington are essentially power forwards, uh, like Gordon Hayward is. You know, they're forward guys. They're six eight, six nine forwards, um, just like Gordon Hayward. So uh, it's it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I mean, Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of bad owners, uh, <laughs> quoted by Max Max. Uh, Max Kellerman. That's a Max Kellerman tweet, by the way. I gotta give him his props. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was the single worst move, and it's gonna. It, even if he plays really well, even if he was an All Star, I don't know if it'd be worth that money because he's definitely not gonna be an All Star three, four years from now. Yeah, I mean, he. Either way, to me, it just didn't make sense. He opted out of thirty-four million dollars to sign for thirty million dollars a year, but, I mean. The initial reports of him wanting to go home, I thought Indiana was a much better fit for him basketball-wise. I just I don't understand, like you, Tyler, what what Charlotte is doing, and and really, it, I I almost feel bad for Lamelo because he he's going to a situation like yeah. that. But it's tough. But he's get the only reason. Yeah, he's going to shine the only there. Get, yeah, he's got the keys to the car. Yeah. So it's like it's going to be. You know, that in that sense, his usage rates are going to be up. His minutes are going to be up. He's got to be a favorite for rookie of the year. You know, with Anthony Edwards having to play with two superstars uh, and, and Wiseman having to play with, the, you know, the Golden State Warriors, I just think LaMelo is going to have the best shot at winning rookie of the year because the stats are going to be through, through the roof, I think. Um, yeah. He's going to get a ton of usage as, as, as far as that's concerned. Um, but, Charlotte, man, they're, they've got to be one of the biggest losers of the offseason to me. Um, and, and that Gordon Hayward uh, signing was everything. Yeah. All right. Um, the next move is Serge Ibaka signing a two-year $19 million deal with the Clippers. He and Kawhi Leonard reunite after playing one season together in Toronto and winning a championship together. Obviously, the Clippers had to replace uh, Trez because uh, they needed another big man. But I'm still not really too concerned about the Clippers right now because they, they still need a point guard. And, I mean, with the separation that the Lakers have created by the moves that they've made in the the offseason so far, it's, it's clear that, that the Lakers really don't want to have any conversation anymore about whose city this is. Yeah. I mean, the Clippers to me are on another one that's on my list of the biggest losers of the free agency because of their stall. They basically just stalled out, basically did nothing. Uh, I mean, Ibaka, Montrez, that's a wash to me as far as talent production. Those are two really exceptionally good basketball players. Great, great fits. But they didn't. That's not an addition. That's just a sideways step for them. I mean, they lost trends to bring in Ibaka. They don't make any other moves. Um, it's it. They they didn't they didn't have a good enough team last year to make the run. Uh, they're not going to have a good enough team this year to make the run unless Kawhi does some like unless Kawhi did some crazy stuff and and Paul George you know really just kind of turns it around as far as pressure moments. There's that, I mean, they, they've, got a big, they've got a really good big two. They're going to be a top four seed. But if I'm the Lakers or if, you know, I'm not afraid of them, and if, if I'm most of the teams in the West, I'm not afraid of them because they're the Clippers. 
Yeah, no, exactly. They, but they, but they still they still got Kawhi, they still got Paul George, so they're going to be there. But but uh, I'm not. I mean, they they're not. They didn't. They're a loser this offseason for not getting any better. I mean, they got so much better last year. Um, they didn't make any moves this year. Uh, Lakers made all the moves in the world. It's it's like you you should have saw the Clippers making the kind of aggressive moves the Lakers were making. Yeah, you know, because they're the team that lost. <laughs> you would think that their sense of urgency would to get those deals done would be, you know, greater. But. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tristan Thompson signed a two-year, nineteen million dollar deal with the Boston Celtics. Fred Van Vliet signed a four-year, eighty-five million dollar deal to stay in Toronto. I think Boston gets better with that move because they get a legitimate center that has played experienced NBA basketball and in the playoffs in championship moments. Uh, I think that's something that they were missing last season. Uh, Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. Fred Van Vliet. uh, Him staying in Toronto, him getting paid. I think it's great for him. And I think he's a key piece to Toronto, but. Toronto, I think, takes a step back, losing Sergi Baca and Marcus Saul. So, uh, uh, he, uh, shout out Fred VanVleet, highest uh, paid undrafted player ever. That's sick. Hi- highest paying, highest paying contract ever. Not like career made, but the high, the biggest contract ever signed by an undrafted free agent, Fred VanVleet. I think that's a great move for Toronto as well. Keep as many of those gun- good young players. And really, just bank on being, you know, the Raptors. They're they're a solid franchise now in the NBA. Nick Nurse is, is coaching them up. They've got Siakam and Van Vliet. They've, you know, got some pillars. They still got Lowry. So uh, definitely, it sucks they didn't get to pick up anybody to replace Gasol and Ibaka, but they'll still be good news. Yeah, I think that Toronto still makes the playoffs, but it's it's tough missing those two anchors on defense, and then with the way that. Ibaka and Gasol both stretch the floor. That's that's something I think they're going to miss. White, uh, white side, white side to Toronto could be real good. That's an interesting one. I like that a lot. Uh, and then Tristan Thompson, I think that's that's a great move by Boston. It's it's definitely addressing their their biggest weakness. I think. No, oh, it, it, it fantastic free agent move. It's one one of my favorites. I think Boston, like you said, he he's like. All the things he does well are all the things they needed. So, perfect yep. fit. Yep. Uh, Joe Harris, four years, $75 million deal to stay in Brooklyn. Great for Joe Harris. Shout out, shout out Lake Chelan, Washington. Small yes, sir. school kid. Yes, sir. Great for him to get paid. I think, obviously, he is uh, a trade asset for Brooklyn in a potential James Harden deal. Uh, so, it'll be interesting to see if he stays long-term with Brooklyn. But, they clearly like him enough to to pay him, so they he want fits him. Well, with superstars, yeah, he's he's a shooter, man. He's a three and D kind of guy, so it's it's going to work out for him either way. And then to the Western Conference, uh, Portland, I think, took a step forward. Denver, on the other hand, I think, took a step back. Jamichael Green signed a two year, fifteen million dollar deal with Denver, but Denver lost Tory Craig to Milwaukee and then Jeremy Grant signed a three-year 60 million dollar deal with Detroit during free agency uh Denver was also able to re-sign Paul Millsap to a one-year deal but Torrey Craig and Jeremy Grant were the two guys that spent the most time guarding LeBron James in the playoffs so I think losing those two guys is definitely a detriment to Denver and then yeah but 
J. Michael Green is is a good is a good sneaky pickup for, yeah, for them. I like that power pickup. And, and then and then I and then I really like R. J. Hampton as a rookie coming into that team. R. J. Hampton is just another guy like Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. That's and we'll a see weird what those, guy coming out of the what draft. kind of steps those two guys take too. Yep. So we'll see. I mean, I and, and uh, Portland, I, I felt keep... like was my. Portland was my number three team of the offseason. I had the Lakers, I had the Atlanta Hawks, I had the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, so they I mean, had... the Trailblazers picking up Derek Jones Jr., Enos Cantor, uh, Robert Covington, Rodney Hood. Yeah. Um, Harry Giles. Really good, bas- really good basketball players. I, I don't know who Harry Giles is. Never heard of him. <laughs> uh, they, they also re-signed Carmelo Anthony. And then yep. uh, Philly, they traded – Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. So that's great move. Yeah, it, that's a great move. It, it just it shows you where they're moving. They're going more towards a traditional basketball team. Uh, Seth Curry can play point guard while Ben Simmons is on the floor, and he can also play two guard when Ben Simmons is on the floor because of his shooting ability. So uh, ball handling and shooting ability for a 3 and D guy, I think it was like the perfect move for Philadelphia. Trying to get out of, you know, trying to get out of this clunky style of Ben Simmons at point guard, um, Rock'em Sock'em robot style of basketball. Yep. And then Boogie Cousins signed a non-guaranteed deal with Houston, so Houston has a center. Hopefully, that deal will kick into being guaranteed, and Boogie has a successful year, and he stays healthy. And then Houston, Houston, big probably the biggest loser of the offseason. Uh, but DeMarcus Cousins going there is I'm just so happy for him because he's going to get a great opportunity. Um, and, you know, everyone's root for Boogie. Yeah. And then John Wall, uh, the team, the Wizards, they came out and said they're not going to trade him. So no movement with him and still no movement from Houston on either James Harden or Russell Westbrook. So I think I think both those guys end up starting the season in Houston. Yeah, I think Houston's a big time loser for not getting rid of Harden and Russ. Um, if they but start the season Harden, with Russ, and Boogie is scary. It, it is, but is that what we're doing? So we're going to we'll try see. to win a championship. You know, I, I don't think that that's what those guys are, are feeling. Yep. But all right, uh, that's uh, that's all I got for free agency. Did I miss anything? I feel like we touched on a lot. I mean, yeah, we just you, spent like you, an hour you, on you, it. <laughs> No, no, you did it. All righty, let's hit the gridiron. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson, toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. Sends the Rams to the Super Bowl! Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl! It's my quarterback. All right, Tyler, we talked about it at the top. It's it's week 12. It's Thanksgiving week. There's nothing better than Thanksgiving in football. Now, before we get into the power rankings, I have to tell you about Fitness Ablaze Training Center. Located in Olympia, Washington, Fitness Ablaze Training Center provides clients with professionally designed fitness and or nutrition programs 
They have programs for all ages, athletic ability, and for anyone interested in improving their overall performance and quality of life. Program options include personal training, semi-private personal training, team and group training, nutrition coaching, and online slash remote coaching. TSK Show listeners can get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your first month of training just by mentioning TSK Show. Enter promo code TSK Show at fitnessablaze.com to get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your first month of training. That's promo code TSK Show at checkout from fitnessablaze.com. All right, Tyler, take it away with the TSK Show Power Rankings for Week 12 in the All NFL. Right. I'm going to try and keep this sweet. Uh, uh, typically, you know, I go at it differently. This week, I really try to dive in. I scrapped my power rankings from last week completely, so I didn't give any influence. Um, and I looked at everybody's records. That's kind of what I tried to go off of people's wins and losses uh, because everyone has a similar record at this time uh, as far as, like, the top. So um, I'm going to start out at number 10 with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, the Colts are coming off two gangster wins. They just beat Rodgers in overtime. Uh, and they beat Tennessee before that, uh, but they have three bad. They they have two bad losses: uh, Jacksonville and Cleveland. Um, and but they did beat ball, and, and then they did lose to Baltimore. But I think Baltimore is still a pretty good team. So I got uh, Colts at seven and three at number ten. Uh, coming in at number nine, this may be a surprising one, but uh, you know, and maybe I just like this team too much. But it's the Baltimore Ravens at six and four. And why I got them at number nine still is their losses are, I mean, they've lost to Kansas City, who's 9-1. and one. They've lost to Pittsburgh, who's 10-0. and 0. They lost to Tennessee, who's 7-3. and three. And then they've lost to New England. So New England's their one kind of uh, bad loss, but it's still been, you know, the New England Patriots early in the year. Um, so at 6-4, and four, uh, I still can't hit the panic button on the Baltimore Ravens because they still have a, a, a good base, good coach, and good defense. But they just got embarrassed at home. Uh, to Tennessee, so I, I, you know, I damn near knocked him out of the top ten. Um, now coming in number eight, Scar, this is where it's going to get a little messy for you. I got the Los Angeles Rams. Now hear me oh. out on why they're why they're so low. I know they just beat Tampa Bay and Seattle, just just like Indianapolis. They've got two crazy wins. Um, but what I would like to say is they they got four wins against the NFC East right now. I know, but now, you I can't hurt they, who you play. I, no, you can't. And and, and they have uh, they have some good wins in Seattle and Tampa Bay, but Seattle also beat um, the two teams that they lost to in Buffalo and San Francisco. Um, so I have the Seahawks at seven, the Rams at eight. I know that Seattle lost the Rams, but I, when it comes to me, when it, when I'm breaking it down, I think the Rams are a defensive football team. Seattle's an offensive football team, which is exact opposite of years past. I like Russell Wilson's supporting cast down the stretch um, better than I like Aaron Donald's supporting cast down the stretch. Um, the Rams are, are, I think, still a little hamstringed by golf. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are hamstringed by their pass defense right now. So um, it's uh, yeah, going to be I'm... interesting to see. I'm not mad at down this list. I'm not mad at the Rams at eight and the Seahawks at seven. I, I agree with everything you said with with it really being the Rams going the way of Jared Goff and it, them really being a defensive team. And then, I mean, I trust Russell Wilson more than Jared Goff if we're being 100 percent honest here. And the the Seahawks defense, uh, their weakness is their secondary right now and their pass defense. 
So, I mean, I, I get it. And, 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 it's, that's and, not and, as and egregious it's, it's, as it's, I thought it was going to be, Tyler. You, no, you, you but told me before the more, show, it, you were setting me up like I was about to, to pop well, off well, or something. You want, you, you, you want to have, you want to have the head matchup. So, it's it's tough to battle. But, I, you know, at this point in the season, I truly think that – I'm more upset, honestly, that you have Baltimore over Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis should be 9 and Baltimore should be 10. But And that comes down to just – I've still, you know, even though the records say something – if the Baltimore Ravens and Indianapolis Colts play in the playoffs, I gotta still go with Harbaugh and Lamar I mean, Jackson. Mike Vrabel, and that Mike Vrabel punked Harbaugh on his home field in the middle of the field. So, no, I mean and Harbaugh came out like I mean Harbaugh did what he needed to do too. It, it was crazy. That was crazy. Um, but but Baltimore's down right now. Obviously they're hurt, but I like them to bounce back because they're a good veteran-led football team. Um, but anyways, you know. Uh, so I got Seahawks at seven, Rams at uh, Rams at eight. Then coming at number six, I got Green Bay. Um, Green Bay beat um, all all their uh, losses have been to over five hundred teams. Uh, so they've had a pretty they've had a pretty tough stretch as far as um, schedule wise. Uh, they still got Aaron Rodgers, who I think is is going to be top two, top three MVP candidate going forward. Uh, and they got a big three with Aaron Jones and, and Devonta Adams, like rounding out. Um, then coming at number five, I got probably the team that had the biggest statement win of the weekend. That's the Tennessee Titans walking into Baltimore like that. Um, basically disrespecting them in their house after they beat them in the playoffs last year. That was a message to, to put Baltimore down. I mean, that's, that's to, we, we you know, we're going to see you in the playoffs and we need to let you know, you don't even have a chance. Um, you know Tennessee. It's it's it, it's got a bad loss to Cincinnati, but Burrow was hot at that point in time. It, lo- it they lost to Indianapolis, who's a good team. They lost to Pitt, who's obviously a good team. So Tennessee is really taking care of most of the games they need to outside of the Cincy game. Uh, coming at number four is probably another controversial one, but that's the Buccaneers at seven and four. Um, I mean, I just I. <laughs> you know how it is. It's Brady, baby, and all those weapons. And it's just, it's still their first year together. They're still figuring things out. This team's going to be like ups and downs all year. But I can't. How they look last again. night? They looked awful. In the, well, okay, I shouldn't say that. Tom Brady looked awful in the second <laughs> half. In the first, in the in the first half, like he was feeding Godwin, he was feeding Mike Evans. Everyone was getting excited. Um, it looked good. Uh, and then two interceptions by Brady in the second half. I think that, uh, and I think they were at a turnover on downs and three punts. It's just that's not going to get it done. Um, they've Tampa Bay has had really, really bad low spots. I can't like, I can't knock that. I mean, they got they got bounced by New Orleans twice, um, but this is just a team that's still seven and four, pretty impressive, and it's still got Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and all those offensive weapons moving forward. So. I mean, I still got to see Tampa Bay. If the playoffs started tomorrow, I, I would think that they would be in the NFC Championship game. So uh, moving into number three is kind of a weird team. They've been up and down, uh, but they're always in the top ten. That's New Orleans Saints at number three. Uh, Taysom Hill showed us that he can do his thing at quarterback. They're a complete football team. Like I said, they, they've beaten the Bucks twice. Um and they're eating too. So with or without Breeze is a good football team. I needed to see what they could do um, without Breeze and have it, you know, without Teddy Bridgewater. Obviously, I don't think Jameis Winston is as good as Teddy Bridgewater. 
Uh, but Taysom Hill is, is a capable guy. Um, and I, I love Taysom Hill as a football player. So super excited to watch him play some more quarterback. And Sean Payton thinks he's going to be too young. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. No more uh, tight end designation. Yep. It, it, the fantasy football issue has been solved. Um, coming at number two, I got Pitt at 10 and 0. Obviously, they're 10 and 0 on it, only unbeaten team in the league. Weird to not have the number one. Um, they're a complete football team with Ben Roethlisberger on the field. I do believe they're one big hit on Ben away from from being really damaged as far as a playoff run. They're going to make the playoffs, but uh, what's their run going to look like? It depends on Ben's health, and and they're not number one because the Kansas City Chiefs are number one, and and they've got the best football player in the world, maybe the best football player ever in Mahomes, and I just don't see anyone beating Kansas City right now. They're too deep on offense. Uh, too unstoppable, and, and Andy Reid gets him prepared to play every week. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy to see uh, what they did at the at the last second there uh, against Oakland on Monday night. So, all right, let's uh let's run it back one through ten, and then we'll hit the picks of the week. We got Kansas City, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, then Green Bay, Seattle, Los Angeles, Baltimore, and Indianapolis. All right, so Jacob's not here. Uh, obviously, and he sent me his record. I don't have his record for the week, but I have his overall record. He's 104 and 57. So, Tyler, what was your record last week, and what is your overall record? I think this had to be the worst week in TSK show history. Had to be. I I don't think I've ever done this bad. How bad? Five and nine. Whoa. Whoa. Yep. So yep. what, I really went for it. What are you? What's your overall record now? One hundred three and fifty eight. Really now? So I went from first to worst. I have a feeling. So you're one hundred three and fifty eight. Jacob is one hundred four and fifty seven. Your boy, your boy, the Duke of Sports. Here, <laughs> he went nine and five. I went nine and oh, five. Oh, nice. So you, had, you had more of a regular week. I had a regular week, but I went from last to first. I'm 105 and 56. Yeah, we, I, I went from first to worst. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Man, so many bad, so many bad games, but the, the, the teams that I picked right were so random, too. I mean, like Kansas City was easy, but and then like I picked Seattle, obviously. But yeah. my Browns came, my Browns came through for me, and the Chargers came through for me, and then Pittsburgh, and that was it. Yep. Every other game was wrong. It was crazy. Damn, that's rough, man. All the close games like went the wrong way. It was hilarious. But, the the most embarrassing one though, the, the thing that I picked the Detroit Lions to pick to win that game is it's okay. I picked them, them too. Not, I picked them too. Don't for worry. them. For them not to score a point is just embarrassing. Yeah, that no, that was bad. And speaking of the Detroit Lions, they are uh, they're kicking off Thanksgiving Thursday at home against the three and seven Houston Texans. The Lions are four and six. Texans coming off a seven point win over the New England Patriots, and like Tyler just said, the Lions coming off getting shut out by the Carolina Panthers, twenty to nothing. But I'm picking the Detroit Lions two weeks in a row. It's Thanksgiving. They normally always play on Thanksgiving, so I think that that's going to uh, bode well for them. Uh, I got I got Detroit winning that game. Tyler, what about you? No, man, I can't. I got I to gotta, I gotta go with uh, Romeo Cornell. 
going in there, uh, coaching with uh, against a different Patriots guy and um, uh, Patricia. I, I got to go with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller and those guys over over Stafford right now. I'm not scoring a point, man. That's embarrassing. All righty. Uh, oh, and Jacob has the Texans as well for that game. Just to to get that on the record, he sent me all of his picks. The next matchup we got is the Washington football team coming off a win over the Bengals, coming in at three and seven. They're facing the three and seven Dallas Cowboys in Dallas at Jerry Jerry World, coming off the surprise win over the Minnesota Vikings. I got the Washington football team winning this game. Tyler, what about you? I got Dallas winning this game at home. Um, with uh, with Dalton and, and Zeke getting kind of a bounce back performance, um, I, I like. I still think that they have a, more talent than 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 Washington does right now. All right, uh, Jacob also has the Cowboys on that, so uh, we're we're starting off with some discrepancy already. So we might we might see some shakeups in the rankings. Uh, next the week. NFC East is the per- the NFC East is the perfect place to do it because it's a fucking crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, they got three, all four teams at three and seven, right? Yep. Yep. Well, other than the Eagles have the three, six, and one. Right, right, right. Uh, all right. The next matchup we got is the number nine seed in the TSK show power rankings, the six and four Baltimore Ravens coming off the overtime loss to the Tennessee Titans. They're going to Pittsburgh to take on the number two team in the TSK show power rankings, the lone undefeated team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase Claypool now has 10 touchdowns in 10 games this season. So uh, he's looking like maybe an offensive rookie of the year candidate, in my opinion. Pittsburgh, ten and zero this year. They won the last meeting two, uh, not two weeks ago. It was a couple weeks ago, uh, but they won that last meeting twenty eight to twenty four. I got Pittsburgh moving on to eleven and zero. Jacob does as well. Yeah, I gotta go with Pittsburgh. Baltimore's just facing too much adversity right now with COVID. Yeah, and uh, J.K. Dobbins and, and Mark and, Ingram are on the COVID list right now, and uh, and you know they're they're just they just got punched in the mouth by Tennessee. Um, this is a horrible game for them to, on a short week to have to come back from that that loss. Um, I mean, if they pick themselves to win that win this game, that could completely change their season. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is the Las Vegas Raiders going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Raiders are 6 and 4, Falcons are 3 and 7. Raiders coming off the tough loss on Sunday night football to the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a chance, but then they just gave Patrick Mahomes too much time. And then the Falcons coming off the loss to the New Orleans Saints even without Drew Brees. I got the Raiders winning this game. Uh I got no faith in the Falcons. The Raiders are a much better team, especially with uh the way they performed against the defending Super Bowl champion. Kansas City Chiefs. Jacob also has the Raiders. Tyler, what about you? I got Atlanta getting another Jesus, dub. Jesus, Tyler, th- no way. They're three and two with Raheem Morris. They, you know, they still got Matt Ryan. They still got Julio. Uh, obviously, Las Vegas is playing better football right now, but uh, they got to travel down to the dirty, dirty and play, play, play the Falcons, who are you know trying to redeem their season at all costs. I got no faith. All right. The uh, the next matchup we got is the Los Angeles Chargers coming in at three and seven. They beat the Jets like they should have. They're going to Buffalo to take on the Bills, who are coming in at seven and three, coming off the bye. 
I got the Bills winning this game. It's a West Coast team traveling to the East in November. The Bills coming off the bye week. It's it. I mean this this game's a no brainer to me. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I got Buffalo winning this game. Um, they need they need a good they need a good solid win. Um, and Herbert, I don't know if he's ever played in conditions like it's you know Buffalo. Yeah. Jacob is on the same page as well, so all three of us have the Bills winning that game. The next game we got is the New York Giants coming in at 3-7, and seven, coming off of their bye week as well. Oops. I don't know if that just went over the air. Did you hear that beep, Tyler? Yep. Oh, all right, perfect. So, uh, computer needs some updates here in, uh, at the studio, so we'll see if that gets taken care of. But uh, anyway... All right, the New York Giants coming off the bye, coming in at 3-7. and seven. They're going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals, coming in at 2-7-1. and one. The Bengals, they lost to the Washington football team on Sunday. But obviously the, the big news was Joe Burrow tearing his ACL and MCL. He'll be out for the remainder of the season. Tough loss for the Cincinnati Bengals, losing the number one overall draft pick. Obviously this is potentially a career altering injury for for Joe Burrow and and you saw both teams uh come to his side and and give him some good words uh, as he was about to get carted off so that was uh some great sportsmanship by the Washington football team and then obviously his teammates uh going out there to support him so uh it's it's tough to see where the Bengals are at they they looked promising at times with Joe Burrow under center um so, it's tough to to pick them to stash, win this game, it, man. Stash him, stash Burrow to twenty two. Sign Just let him take him next for, year. Sign Fitzpatrick next year. Okay. Uh, okay. Him, or Joe Flacco. Take, well, I mean, you got you got a twelve year you got twelve you got a twelve month injury, right? I mean, he completely blew out everything in his knee. So you're looking at coming back in week twelve next year. It's like, are they going to be in a position to make the playoffs in Week 12 next year without him? Probably not. So, yeah, um, I I think that you just get you you either work like if you think Finley is a good backup quarterback, maybe you roll with him for a year. But I I would yeah I'll go get go get a veteran quarterback next year and and you know Burrow is the future. You know you gotta you gotta cradle that. You don't get these number one picks all that often. So. Uh, I, I would be shutting it down for 21 season. Yeah. Uh, I got the Giants winning this game. Jacob has yep. them as well. Tyler, you do? Yep. 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 Cincinnati's down. It's going to be tough to pick themselves up this year. Yep. All right. The number five team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Tennessee Titans, coming in at 7-3. and three. They're going to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, the number 10 team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, also coming in at 7-3. and three. Titans coming off the overtime victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Derrick Henry had the game-winning rushing touchdown. And then the Colts beat the Green Bay Packers in overtime on a game-winning field goal. I got Tennessee winning this game. They played two weeks ago in Indianapolis, won 34-17. I think with the way that Tennessee performed against Baltimore, the hype around what happened before the game with Vrabel, and Malcolm Butler and John Harbaugh and the rest of the Ravens at uh, midfield. It's, I think that's really going to be a spark plug for the Tennessee Titans the rest of the way. 
I know Indianapolis was able to hang with Green Bay and win on a game-winning field goal, but I think Tennessee is a better team than Indianapolis. So I got I got Tennessee winning this game. Jacob has the Titans winning this game. Tyler, what about you? Well, man, we just saw this game two weeks ago. And and and, uh, and old Philip Rivers got it done, so I'm gonna roll with him again. I, he, he went, so you're he pulling an upset at, then, if, if we're going by yep, your power I'm, rankings. Yep, yep. We're going. I'm going Philip Rivers at home against the team he just beat two weeks ago. Um, they're gonna be pumping out their chest. They could obviously win this game, but this is an up. I think this is a prime upset uh, for for my power rankings, just because Indy just beat this team. It's tough to beat a team twice, though, in the same year in the NFL. It, I mean, it's, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the odds are, like, depending on, you know, how how often it happens versus how often, you know, they go one and one. But I think that, you know, they have a good enough football team, definitely, to compete with them. It's just that Phillip Rivers can hold, you know, not turn over the ball. Uh, you can't get sacked. Uh, or, or they will lose, but they have a good offensive line. They have a good defense. Um, they have a great stable of running backs. Um, they have a great game manager in Phillip Rivers. So uh, I definitely think that, you know, Tennessee has the kind of offense that at any day could just shit the bed. I yeah. mean, you know, it, it's, it's Phillip Rivers it's could also that, turn the ball over four times. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, but so I'm going with Indy because they're at home. And they just beat them two weeks ago, so or or maybe three weeks with the bye. Uh, they've got they've got the formula for success. All right. Well, the next matchup we got is the Carolina Panthers coming in at four and seven. They're going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, coming in at four and six. For Carolina, PJ Walker made his NFL debut, and he looked great after starring in the XFL and probably being the best player in the XFL. He shut out the Detroit Lions 20 to nothing. And then Minnesota, they're coming off the loss to Dallas by three. Adam Thielen is on the COVID list. Uh, but I have Minnesota winning this game. I think that their defense is going to stop P.J. Walker and Carolina's offense. And I think Dalvin Cook is going to have another monster rushing game. So I got the Vikings winning this game. Jacob has the Vikings winning this game. Tyler, what about you? I got the Vikings winning this game. So, you know what that means. They're going to lose. Carolina's winning. This, <laughs> Carolina's going to win this football game. Good. Shout out P.J. Walker, man. Living the dream. Oh, yeah. Um, I, but I got, uh, I got Minnesota. All right. The next matchup we got is the Arizona Cardinals coming off the loss on Thursday night football to the Seattle Seahawks. They're coming in at 6-4. and four. They're going to Foxborough to take on the 4-6 and six New England Patriots who are coming off a loss to the Houston Texans by a touchdown. I got Arizona coming in and winning this game uh, on the road, but it's, uh, I mean, it's Bill Belichick, so I, you can never count him out. I feel like we say it every week this season, but I just think that yeah. they're off. They're definitely had, like an they're the prime team to be the upset, you know. Like yeah. if you're if they if you're gonna lose to like a team with a losing record, it's probably gonna be the Patriots. Like. Yeah. But I just um, I, their offense is so one dimensional with Cam at quarterback, and I, their defense is just not what it was last season. So I got Arizona winning this game. Jacob has Arizona winning this game. Tyler. 
Well, you know who I got one in this game. You got Bill that's, Belichick. That's, I got Bill Belichick. I think Bill Bill can he can scrap up a a game plan to beat someone like Kyler Murray, uh, which I think is just going to be to keep him off the field. Uh, if they can they can get some first downs and uh, and, and get a couple chunk if Cam can get a couple chunk plays going, uh, you know I think that New England has all the ability in the world to beat the Cardinals and. This is another like upset game. Like I would definitely rank the Cardinals as a better football team than the Patriots today. But in this week, I like I like New England at home to get the get to, to the team that's traveling to the East Coast. Yep. All right. The next matchup we got is the Dolphins coming in at six and four. They lost by a touchdown to Denver. Uh, they are going to play the Jets, the lone winless team, zero and ten, coming off the loss to the Chargers. The Dolphins, I'm confused because Tua got benched and then they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, but then they say that Tua isn't losing his starting job. It was just for the game. So I don't I don't really know what's happening, but they're playing the Jets. So I mean it's it's a no brainer for me. I got I got the Dolphins winning this game. Jacob has the Dolphins winning this game. Tyler, you got the Dolphins winning this game. I got the Dolphins win this game. Um, I would like to note, though, uh, Adam Gase is playing the Dolphins. So, oh, that's uh, very true. Know, this could be the week. It's a, it could be the week. Uh, New York gets a win purely because he knows the organization. But this Miami team is already so much different from when he was there. That, um, and, and it, it doesn't matter if Tua or Fitzpatrick's that quarterback. I think they're good enough to beat the Jets. Yeah. All right, the next yeah. – what's up? Oh, go ahead. I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Or I didn't mean to say anything. No, you're good. Um, all right, the next matchup we got is the Cleveland Browns coming off the five-point victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. They're coming into this matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars at 7-3. and three. The Jaguars are 1-9. and nine. They lost by 24 to Pittsburgh. Cleveland's going to win this game. They're the better team. Jacob feels the same way. Tyler, you, I'm sure you're sticking with the dog pound. Hell yeah, I'm sticking with the dog pound. And I would like to just reflect on this moment right here. They're seven and three, baby. They're poised to make the playoffs. They're about to be eight and three. Like, it's crazy. They're about to be eight and three. I would like to know this is what I like about the football team, but also it's kind of a gift and a curse. It's what I don't like about the football team. Six and zero against teams under 500. So I think they moved to seven and zero against teams under 500. One and three. Uh, against teams over 500 so obviously they're beating the teams they need to which is good but they do need to beat some of these good teams you know you don't want to lose to teams that you should beat so they're good in the sense that they've been beating all those all the teams they should be able to beat um, but they do need to get you know one or two more of these these uh, playoff caliber teams you know they need to beat Baltimore or, or Pittsburgh to really take the team over the edge that confidence to win a game in the playoffs yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is the number two team in the TSK show power rankings, right? The New Orleans Saints are number two. Did I no, write that number down three. wrong? They're three? Number three. Oh, damn. Yep. I wrote that down wrong. Who was two? You got Pittsburgh. Ah, that's right. All right. <laughs> so the number three team in the TSK show power rankings, the New Orleans Saints, coming in to their matchup with the Denver Broncos in Denver. At eight and two, the Broncos are four and six. 
I just real quick want to point out and shout out my boy, Austin Ratbomb. Uh, he did the intro music for us for all of our segments. Uh, shout out my guy, Ratbomb. And he wants Tyler to put some respect on the Saints and their quarterbacks. Like I said last week, uh, when I brought up the fact that Teddy Two Gloves was 6-0 and last season when Breeze went down, I thought that the Saints were going to be fine without Drew Breeze, and they were. They beat the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, Austin actually texted me last night, and he was like, I don't want to see New Orleans anywhere under the top three in the power rankings. And so I sent that screenshot to Tyler, and, and lo and behold, they sat at number three tonight. So I, I think Austin will be happy. Uh, I'm gonna give him number three tonight. I'm yeah. gonna give him number three. I, well, I would like to add. I've never disrespected the quarterback scenario. Well, definitely not. I, I said they had the best quarterback scenario in the league the last two years. Or, or and, and 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 I also would like to add they're lucky to be in top three. I mean they are in that they're flirting with that category. But you know, beating up on Tampa Bay feels good. But Tom Brady and those guys are gonna be ready to go in December or January. I mean, here's the, they're going to have a good opportunity to, to beat up on a team that they're supposed to in Denver on, on Sunday. So, I mean, I got New Orleans winning this game and, and moving on to 9-2. and two. Uh, Jacob has the Saints as well. I mean, listen, Taysom Hill showed that he can, he can play quarterback. And, I mean, he, he played the whole game at quarterback, and they – they looked good, in my opinion, and they they beat the team that they were supposed to beat in Atlanta. So he's their he's their guy. He's going to be their starting quarterback for the next ten years, probably. It wouldn't shock me now at this point, especially after uh, Sean Payton stuck with him for the entire game. Yep, and 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 I mean, it just it, I knew that I knew Sean Payton was grooming this guy, but I just need to see it. You know, you just need to, you just need to see it. Uh, you know, I wanted to see what this team looked like without Breeze. Obviously, I saw with with Teddy, but this is they didn't have Teddy. You know, this was this was a different guy. So, and Teddy, I think, is a respectable, like, good quarterback. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, New Orleans moving forward is going to be a Super Bowl contender, no doubt. Uh, Taysom, at, with, even with Taysom at quarterback, they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is a matchup. Uh, between NFC West opponents. We got the San Francisco 49ers coming into their matchup with the Los Angeles Rams here in Los Angeles at 4-6, and six, coming off the bye. The Rams, the number eight team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, they are 7-3, and three, coming off the big-time win in primetime on Monday Night Football. They beat a team that they could face in the NFC playoffs, which I think is very important. Uh, I think it's a, a similar sentiment that I had when they beat the Chicago Bears, uh, when the Chicago Bears had a much better record. I believe that was the Bears' first loss of the year. Uh, so I, I think them beating Tampa Bay in primetime on Monday Night Football bodes well for them because they could see them in the playoffs. Sean McVay is now 32-0 and as a head coach when leading at halftime. The Rams had stellar performances from the rookies. Uh, Jordan Fuller had two interceptions, including the game-sealing one. And then Van Jefferson and Cam Akers both had their first career touchdowns. 
Cooper Cup had 145 yards receiving. Robert Woods had 130 yard, yards receiving with a touchdown. And the Rams' defense held the Bucks' offense to 251 total yards of offense. And so John Johnson said it after the game. It got posted on social media by the Rams' official accounts. The Rams had the best defense in the league. They shut down an offense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that is very potent with Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Ronald Jones Jr., Leonard Fournette, and then obviously Tom Brady under center. So I was very thrilled with the performance. The fact that it was a close game the entire game, but the Rams were able to hold on, that I think said a lot to me about this Rams team. I do agree with you, Tyler. You said it in the power rankings when we talked about it. This team goes by the way that Jared Goff goes. He did have a turnover last night, but he did enough to not lose them the game, and the defense played exceptionally well, and his Jared Goff's offensive weapons came through for him when he needed him most. So, I mean, I, I got the Rams winning this game against the 49ers to stay in first place in the division, and uh, Jacob does as well. Tyler, what about you? Yep, I got the Rams. They got to get this one. I got, you know, they lost to San Francisco earlier in the year. Uh, get get this uh, NFC West dub should be pretty easy for them. And I would agree, uh, you know, arguably best defense in the league. Only team I would argue is maybe Pittsburgh. But outside of that, you're not going to get an argument out of me. They look real good. <laughs> what did I mean? What did you think that performance in primetime said about this Rams team? I, there, well, there's be, been a lot it, of questions. It's, it's, I know. A, I know you talked a, about it in the power that, rankings, but it's a game that it's a game that you just were always waiting for them to lose. You know, it just felt like it was one of those games that the Rams were going to lose. Brady was going to come back and win. Um, but you know, the, I I do believe that Sean McVay. I mean, coupled with Aaron Donald is is really what has this going for it. No, and, and I and for sure, and like I'm not trying to leave Ramsey out of this. I'm just saying, as like pillars of this franchise, it's really what you have going. Now, Ramsey to me is a compliment to Aaron Donald <laughs> um, on that ball, on that side of the ball. He's an elite talent, though. Obviously, you have arguably the two best players in those positions. So, um, the Rams are gonna. I, I mean, I think it was a huge win because it was a mature win. It was a tough win. It was a grinded out win. It was a it was a prime time win. Um, I also um, where where did I put that? Sorry, I got I got a lot of I got a lot of notes. Um, <laughs> Tampa Bay has lost. Uh, I, I think all four of their losses have been on prime time games. So whatever Tampa Bay is routine is on, and I think Brady touched on this before uh, the Rams game. He said whatever our routine is, we got to switch it up. Yeah. Well, so, speaking that, of, was, that was in, that was an that was an interesting note that that all four of their losses are on prime time. Well, okay, so I I've, I found the stat. And speaking of Tampa Bay, they're playing Kansas City at home uh, on Sunday. Uh, Brady is one in three in primetime games this season with five touchdowns and five interceptions, and not a single. Uh, well, that's not that's a different stat. Sorry. So Brady's one and three this season in primetime games, five touchdowns, five right. interceptions in those uh, in those four games. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he was one and four. Okay. I thought one I thought and three. He was one and three. And four. Or he's one and three. I thought it was zero and four. Yeah. But that, I mean, still, that's horrible. I mean, that's just not Brady esque. Um, obviously, I just think he's still transitioning. I mean, I think he's playing really well for for the situation. He's had the same coach for the last hundred and forty seven years, and and you know now he's working with a new group of people. Um, so it's like I'm not worried about Tampa Bay at all in the slightest. They've taken some bad bad losses that look really bad on paper, but. Um, they've also had some really good wins. They've also looked like arguably the most complete team in the league. Uh, and uh, transitioning to their game, I got them with a big upset against Kansas City this week. Well, Jacob and I have Kansas City winning that game. They're, they're coming off the big win against the Raiders after losing the first one to them. But, I mean, with the way that Kansas City won the game and and leaving a chance for the Raiders to win the game, for then ultimately the Raiders to leave enough time for Kansas City to win the game. But either way, I mean, Tampa Bay and Kansas City, I think, has a chance to be game of the game of the week. If not that Pittsburgh and Baltimore on Thanksgiving, obviously that's that's the highlight both, of Thanksgiving both Day. Both both monster games. I think yeah. I think definitely, you know, Baltimore Pittsburgh is the game of the week. Uh, being on Thanksgiving prime time, uh, that division, but Kansas City, Tampa Bay. I mean, this is—it's insane. That, you know, this could be one of those. I think it was Kansas City, Baltimore last year, or or was it Kansas City, New Orleans? It could. I mean, I mean this like, game. This game could it, be Kansas it, it City, LA. That's what it was. It was the Kansas City, LA, and they yeah. scored like a hundred points on Monday Night Football. You know, that, <clears throat> that's what it was. One of the best regular season games ever. Uh, so that's what I think this game is primed to be. I like Tom Brady to get up to the occasion and, and get the Chiefs purely because I just, you know, looking at the Chiefs' schedule, I don't think teams finish the season with just one loss. Like, they're going to take losses at some point. Teams finish with two, three losses at yeah. a minimum. Um, and so if you're going to take a loss, I think Tampa Bay is as good of a bet to beat Kansas City as anybody. Yep. All right, the next matchup we got is the Chicago Bears coming into this game against the Green Bay Packers at 5 and 5. The Packers are 7 and 3. Bears coming into this game off the bye. The Packers coming off the loss to the Indianapolis Colts in overtime. I think Rodgers is going to want to embarrass Chicago. That that's my guess at least. It's a in-division game. Chicago's at 500. I think Green Bay is pissed off with the way they lost to Indianapolis and just allowing themselves to keep Indianapolis in that game. So I got Green Bay winning that game. Jacob does as well. Tyler, what about you? Oh yeah, I got it. I gotta gotta go with Green Bay. I like I like the idea of him uh embarrassing Chicago. Um obviously, you know, divisional opponent. Um and they were they were, we called them pretenders earlier and and they were definitely uh definitely pretenders. I think they're gonna end up losing maybe nine, ten games this year. Yep. All right. Uh, Monday Night Football, your Seattle Seahawks going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Battle of the Birds, Seahawks seven and three, Eagles three six and ones. Back to back primetime games for the Seahawks, coming off the win on Thursday Night Football against the Arizona Cardinals. Philadelphia, they're coming off the loss to Cleveland. I mean, I, Seattle's a much better team than Philadelphia is, so it's it's pretty simple for me. I, I got Seattle winning this Ele- game. Eleven day, ele- kind of a mini bye week. Eleven days off. Yep, 
or 11, 11 days from, from game to game. Yeah, Thursday to Monday um, is definitely something I think teams look forward to, especially this late in the season. Yeah, it helps them prepare. Um, I obviously like the Seahawks to travel over there and get the dub um, against Seattle's own uh, Doug Peterson. But um, obviously this is like a trap game for us. I hate playing bad teams on the East Coast. <laughs> I hate it. You know, it just makes you nervous, um, especially like Philadelphia this time of year. Doug Peterson, you know, they're playing awful, but you never know what they can do. Um, but, man, Philadelphia, they're in trouble with Wentz. Uh, I like the Seahawks getting a big dub. Yep, Jacob thinks the Seahawks win as well, so we, we all have Seattle winning that game. But, uh, all right, that uh, that wraps up the picks of the week. Tyler, you got a you got a shout out before we get out of here uh, just, and celebrate Thanksgiving in in a couple of days. I just got to shout out my boy Era for uh, yes. for coming in coming in day one like a wrecking ball. That's how we do it. Yes, sir. Well, shout out to Era. Congratulations to the Pacholki family. That is a yep. a great blessing heading into the holiday season. And then I'm going to shout out Montrezl Harrell. Welcome to the Varsity Squad, and uh, shout out Mark. <laughs> shout out Marcus. You've been waiting two hours to say that. <laughs> I should have brought it up earlier. I should have brought it up earlier, but I wanted to save it for the shout out. So uh, welcome this, to the Varsity Squad. <laughs> That's good. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet and quote you later. All right. Shout out Marcus All. Welcome back to the team that drafted you and uh, welcome to the Laker family, just like uh, your brother Pow. Shout out Wesley Matthews Jr. Can't wait to see you in purple and gold. And hopefully you can bring a championship to the Los Angeles Lakers like your father, Wes Sr., did in 1987 and 1988. So uh, welcome to the Lake Show, fellas. There we go. Yeah. Did you know that? I didn't. That's a good one. Yeah. Wes Sr. played, uh, uh, played on the 87 like and 88 teams. All right, all right. One point, one point for West Matthews. One point, <laughs> one point, Gryffindor. See, I, everything comes full circle with the shout out, Tyler. Yep. All right. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show, so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace.